What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Today I'm doing a solo pod, so bear with me here. I'm going to talk a lot about the Heat's offseason so far. I first want to welcome our most recent draft pick, Precious Achua. Precious had had some very solid numbers in the last season at Memphis, in his last college season. He averaged 15.8 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, and 1.8 blocks per game. He's He's 6'9", with a 7 feet 2 wingspan, with quick feet, which gives him the ability to guard position multiple positions, either from 1 through 5, or if you don't think he can guard 1, he can guard 1 through one through 2 through 5, as I should say. I think Miami picked him to, picked him to develop him into a defensive, defensive dynamo with the ability to play in the pick and roll. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, which who provides some excellent draft analysis, and his big boards are really, really insightful. He says, "Precious Achua is an energetic big with potential to be a multi-positional defender and versatile scorer. Though he's still in the early stages of his development, he's got shades of James Johnson, a former Miami Heat player, and Montrezl Harrell, who recently signed with the LA Lakers. We're going to discuss that later on in the pod." I think that I love. I listen. I just. I just want to say I love the pick. I love the fit, especially with the Miami Heat. I think everybody, as soon as as he was picked, I, everybody on Twitter was like, "Oh, of course, he's he's a, a he's a Miami Heat type of guy," and I. They're not wrong. He plays with, based on the footage that I've seen on the film on the film that I've managed to see out, out of him. He plays, with, he plays with a lot of energy, so shows a lot of hustle, which is something that we really value over here. And I think with the Heat's development and with the with the fitness regime that we bring, I think he, he could be even more explosive, and he could get stronger. And oh my God, he could he could be such a he's already a great athlete. He, he could turn him in. Wow, I I can't think I can't. I'm real, I'm just so excited to to see what he becomes. I'm re, I'm I'm I trust the Heat and what they're doing right, really, because 
their last couple of drafts have been really solid. Starting in 2017 with Bam, and last year with Tyler Hero, and they and hell they even picked up Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, who are undrafted free agents. So the Heat's development staff, I think, it's second to none in the NBA, and none, I should say, and and seeing. And see what they can do with this athletic freak. Oh, I think that that could be really some that could be something, man. And some Heat fans on Twitter, I hadn't really thought about this, but the more I the more film I saw and the more stats that I saw, he and his physical profile, he seems almost as a Bam out of Bio clone. And I, I, yeah, I see, I see it. I really could see it. Because Adebayo was a hyper-athletic and very energetic, raw talent, and with the with again the culture, trusting the culture, he developed into the star that we see today, a top five center in the NBA, and with Precious, I think I don't maybe his most ideal position if we want to fit him into a box, you could say power forward. But listen, he can play all three front court positions, unless you want to go really big and slide him at the two. Which uh, I'm kidding. But the front, the he's a front court player. He can, with those measurements, he can turn into really something. And his, and his, and his ability to play, I think makes him a really, really, really good pick for the Heat. And with the departure of Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr., he might have some playing time right away. Although we all know that he'll have to earn it. If there's uh, the the Heat do not suddenly give gift you chances, they, we Eric Spolstra likes likes to run a tight ship. He likes he does like to throw rookies into to the fire because he. He's he's shown it. He he showed it in the playoffs. He was not afraid to play Tyler Hero in big moments, and Tyler Hero responded. There, there's a big reason why. One of the big reasons why Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn had such successful rookie seasons was that was the fact that Eric Spolster was was willing to play them. Kendrick Nunn started as our as our opening night starting point guard. Later he fell he fell off a little bit. He started scorching hot, but he he fell off a little bit. I I really hope he can regain his form. He was out of the rotation by the playoffs, but I think it had more to do with him dealing with personal issues outside the bubble and with him recovering from COVID nineteen. I hope that he comes stronger than ever. He comes back stronger than ever and because this is, is gonna be a really fun season for us. And Tyler Hero with who I also expect to take a a very big to take a very big step forward. Particularly, I want to see him improve on defense and maybe put on a, a a bit of muscle. So he's a little bit he might be a little bit I don't call him weak, but but he, yeah, he needs to put pack on some muscle in order to be able to properly guard NBA guards. A little uh, some wings but yeah enough about the the young guys I want I want to take this opportunity to thank Derek Jones jr 
and Jay Crowder to their for their contributions to this year's Heat team. You guys were various points of the season. You guys were huge for us. We our the finals run wouldn't have happened without without either of you you guys, especially without Jay. Jay was fantastic in that Milwaukee series, hitting. Hitting, hitting, oh my god, he was shooting so well in that series. He defended. That was, that was, I think that was the best he's ever played in his NBA career, probably outside of that one Boston year where he was ex- excellent throughout the whole season. Derek Jones Jr., you came here as a, as a, as, as similarly to as Precious Achua with a very, being very athletic. And, and raw and turned into a very good defender still developing offensively but I think the Blazers and the Suns got really good players I expect both teams to compete in the to be in the playoff race in the heavily loaded Western Conference which we'll talk about on, on a later episode when, when we do our season preview that was that Western Conference man after that Phoenix Suns trade for for Chris Paul they they later acquired Jay Crowder. That's that's a playoff team right there, man. If 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 DeAndre Aiden can mesh well with with CP three and Devin and Devin Booker continues to grow and play with at the high level that he does, I think the Suns are might be a top five seed. I'm I'm I may look like I'm overreacting or acting on hyperbole, but I think I think the Suns will be really good, and the Blazers. Well, the Blazers, they needed they needed wing defense, and they made some two, two really good moves in acquiring Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington from the Rockets. And we're going to touch on a little later on the Rockets situation because that that's been the the center of focus for the last two weeks. The Houston Rockets because they're about to implode. Anyway, let's talk about. The guys that stayed with us with the Miami Heat. Goran Dragic and Myers Leonard stayed on one plus one deals each. I previously said that bringing Goran back should be the top priority for Andy Ellsberg, Pat Riley, and the entire Heat front office. And to their credit, that's I think that's we were on the same page. I think well everybody knew that. Everybody in the mama knew that. But Credit to them, they got it done quickly, and Goran is a heat lifer, man. I cannot express how much love and admiration I have for Goran Dragic. Goran is, Goran is, is the last couple of years, right? But since the first couple of years, we were a little, a little bit of a rut with him, except for that for 2016 when we almost made the conference finals. But this season in particular, he became one of my favorite players. He showed he has been an absolute professional in his time here in Miami. He never complains. He he the bromance between him and between him and Jimmy Butler just absolutely warms my heart. Good locker room presence. I I can't, if there was a grade higher than A plus, I would give it out because that the he that was our number one priority this offseason. And by the way, the details of the deal are Goran stays on a two-year deal 
37.4 million total. Second year is a team option. I expect the um, the Heat to decline it since you know we're we're chasing a potential Greek freak in that off season. During that off season, and we'll touch on the Buck situation later on. My friend Devin Sands guys over at Nucky View Buck might not really like. <laughs> Might, might might be a little disappointed after after being so ex, so ex, ecstatic last week. We'll talk about that later. Now let's talk about the other Miami Heat player that stayed with us, Myers Leonard. Now the Myers Leonard contract is for nine million a year. It also includes a team option for the second year. Uh, and I saw that number. I I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was really. I was really confused. I almost had a heart attack because I thought that we were paying we were gonna pay nine million dollars a year to Myers Leonard, a guy who, don't get me wrong, is is a good player, but he was out of the playoff. He was out of the rotation in the playoffs and the 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 in the limited minutes that he was on the floor, he he was bad, and that's something that worries me. I really hope that he he comes back. He comes back and stronger than ever and but listen after my initial 30 seconds of bewilderment I settled down and I, I started to think I think this contract could help us down the, down the line on trade whoever becomes available during the season the Leonard contract could be used as salary filler to acquire somebody with pretty significant salary that could also contribute so I think now that I think of it, it I'm not gonna give it a grade right away. Uh, if I had to give it a place, I'm gonna put a placeholder B minus grade on the on the deal because I just want to see if we end up trading him or if we end up stay, sticking with him or if he ends up playing much better than what he did last last season. Which hey, if he does, I'll I'll gladly take the L because. Because that he'll he can help us out massively, especially with the new additions, which we'll discuss after the break. The latest, our latest additions, which are Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless, in particular, is not a great shooter, and Myers Leonard can space the floor for Bam and Jimmy to operate. Later on in the pod, we'll touch on the potential opening night lineup for the Miami Heat after these acquisitions. And yeah, I think that the contract. To conclude, I think the contract could have maybe we could have gotten him for less. But hey, I, I I read some reports that Jimmy Jimmy made it very clear that he wanted him back. Obviously, he wanted Gorham back, and <laughs> he joking jokingly, or maybe it wasn't a joke. He threatened physical violence on Goran Dragic if he didn't stay. So. I think I'm on Jimmy. With, I think Jimmy, Jimmy's Jimmy's quite the guy, really. And Goran said he didn't want him. He didn't want him angry, so he just he just signed, which is a pretty good move for Goran. Goran, we, we us Heat fans over here, we 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 absolutely love you. And and Myers, you you also you also were a, a part of the of the of the team, so we also appreciate you. And we're really happy to have you, to have both of you guys back. After the break, we'll discuss the 
the newcomers more heartless and Avery Bradley as well as some pretty head scratching moves made across the NBA at the start of free agency. Stick around, 305 Miami Heat Culture Podcast. Heads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with J.J. Rivera. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other team-focused NBA pods. Hashtag Lakers, Grizz and Grind, Knuck If You Buck, Cavalier Central, and Blazing the Path. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. And we're back. Let's move on to the newcomers. So far, the Miami Heat have added Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley, aside from Precious Achua, but let's talk, we're talking about free agency here. Anyway, Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley. Let's start with Harkless. Harkless is a wing. He can play the three or the four, and is a he's a very capable defender. He's long, and the most the biggest question mark is his offense. He shot thirty five percent from three last season. He had a season where he shot forty one percent from beyond the arc, but that was a some time ago, and. Uh, um, listen, I'm not holding my breath for him to go, to go back to that level. But if, but if he does, then that's a huge deal for Miami because we got him for one year and three point six millions. I believe that's our biennial exception, so we won't have that exception next season. I think that's a comfortable, that's a comfortable price tag for a guy that can contribute to this team in a big way, mostly the that perimeter defense. And if he comes off the bench, he he would provide some. To provide some really good minutes for us. On the other hand, we have Avery Bradley. Now, Avery Bradley, I think, filled one of the two biggest weaknesses that this Miami Heat roster had heading into the offseason, which was point of attack defense in the backcourt. And Bradley certainly, certainly helps that. According to some stats that I saw, Bradley was the best was the best defender. His Bradley's opponents had the worst three-point percentage when being defended by him in the entire when the entire league if he was one or two. Either way, I think that's... Hey, oh, and by the way, who you know who else is on that list? Derek Jones Jr. So, once again, Blazers fans, you got you got a good one there. Really, really good. I th- Listen, this has been a really good offseason for for Portland. They, they somehow... Well, listen. They 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 were a good team last season. They just were absolutely destroyed by injuries. But with a full team back, Yusuf Nurkic, will will we're hoping he has a, a full season under his belt. Zach Collins too. And with the with the return of Ennis Kanter and the departure of Hassan Whiteside, which I think you guys should be very very proud, very very happy for because us Heat fans that was. When we traded him to you guys. That was that was a cost of celebration. That was our that was our Fourth of July. Or that was our, our Cinco de Mayo. You could whatever you call it. That was that was big. I the last two episodes have, have been there have been a lot of there has been a lot of so white say slander, and I will not stop because 
That guy stole money from us. Anyway, Bradley left the defending champs, Lakers, to join us, the team that the Lakers defeated, the Miami Heat. Multiple reports indicate that he was recruited by Jimmy and that he was very intrigued by the culture. As I said, Bradley addresses a very big need in the backcourt. He provides some stellar point of attack defense. Because last season, listen, Goran, Robinson, Hero, and Nunn are not exactly what I would call lockdown defenders. And I would have preferred Kendrick, Kendrick, Chris Dunn in that spot, but Avery Bradley came came in for a reasonable price. It's a two-year deal with a team option, I believe. Yes, I'm correct. And yeah, um, I don't I don't mind him coming for, for that length and that number. He I would I would actually pencil him pencil him in as a starter. With this new additions, I've been thinking about how the starting lineup for opening night might look like. Right now, I'm inclined to say that it goes Bradley, Robinson, Jimmy, Bam, and Myers. But that could change. They could slot Bam at the 5. I, don't, I, I think Bam might be... They could, they could in, either put Leonard at the 4 and Bam at the 5, or vice versa. I don't think it really matters because on offense... Their roles are really, are really different, and on defense, Bam usually. If we stick with the zone coverage that we that we did previous season, well, he he and Myers will be in the back line, which I think I think Myers is not a great rebounder, but with his size, I think he he can help out with the with the boards, which were really killing us, especially in the finals. Which I know the Lakers were probably the biggest team in the league. And that, by the way, the Detroit Pistons look like they saw, they, they think they're going to face the Lakers in the final, so they're gearing up on every big man available, which I don't think is a good strategy, but hey, we're going to talk about them later. Anyway, as I said, the Bradley, Robinson, Jimmy, Bam, Leonard opening night lineup is what I'm expecting. Robinson and Leonard would provide spacing for Jimmy and Bam, and Bradley is a serviceable three-point shooter. He's not exactly very... I wouldn't call him a sharpshooter, but he's he's capable enough. And I think he shot 36% from three last season. He's actually a 36% career three-point shooter. So maybe, yeah, he can actually knock them down. He's not, he's not Duncan Robinson, who's elite, elite shooter. But he, he can space the floor and that allows Jimmy and Bam to operate and to continue with that motion offense that we, that we ran at the beginning. I, I really hope to see more of that, of those top of the key handoffs between Robinson and Bam or Hero and Bam. And hey, let's introduce Precious to that. Let's see how he does. <laughs> let's see Let's see what he does. And... There's an interesting point that I wanted to make. Maybe Tyler Hero could replace starting Duncan Robinson in that starting lineup because Hero provides more playmaking and he can he's got a better ability to create shots for himself although Robinson he showed he showed his ability to get shots off. But I think Hero 
provides a little bit more of playmaking. I just we have to see on the defensive side because Robinson is not exactly a a terrible defender. He's just really long and he's really tall. People forget he's six nine, so the, he's a really tall guy. By the way, just I just glanced over every Bradley's basketball reference page and apparently one of his nicknames is Spider Man Spider Man and Poison. So Poison <laughs> Welcome to my welcome to the Miami Heat. You're gonna check out Mo Heartless's nickname. Oh, just Mo. Yeah. Well, welcome Mo and Poison to Miami. We expect really good things from you. And yeah, let's go win a championship this season. Oh, I almost forgot. The rotation. I think the rotation will consist of Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic, and either Robinson or Hero, depends on who starts. Harkless, Kelly O, and maybe KZ Akpala. I think we're ready to see KZ Akpala unleashed. Future MVP of the league. Just kidding. But really, I, th- I think we'll get to see more of KZ. We, he, for those that don't remember, he was our second round draft pick last during the 2019 draft. He spent most of the season in the G League, and he actually tried. I think he traveled to the bubble with the with the team, with the first team. So let's see, let's see how how the Heat approaches. Maybe they send him down one more, a couple more games to the G League, or they keep him. I just hope that we play him a little bit, and not keep him at the end of the bench. Now let's talk about the league at large. First off, the the Charlotte Hornets are running away with the worst contract of free agency award by a country mile. They shelled out $120 million over four years for Gordon Hayward. Now Gordon Hayward is a he's a serviceable player. But I I just can't I I don't know what the heck they were thinking with that contract. Gordon Hayward is he's clearly clearly past his Utah Jazz days. After that opening night injury way back in, I believe, what was it, 2018, I, sh- I would say, yeah, 2018, I think, yeah, with with the Celtics, he has been battling injuries, he, his explosiveness is gone, people forget that this guy was, he, this guy was, he went, he went to the rim a lot, he, he dunked over people back in Utah, so... I think that might be gone. Listen, this is the type of move that a poverty franchise makes. Because, because listen, what was the what was the reason? You, you, you could have listen if you wanted to give him that much money, just give him a one year deal, a two year deal, a one plus one. But four years, I think. I think that's a terrible move, really. That. The Hornets are Mitch Kupchak. Check out Mitch Kupchak's last four big contracts, so you can see this. Oh, and by the way, they stretched Nicholas Batum's expiring deal. Twenty-seven million. They spread it nine million over three seasons. So they have nine million on the books for a player that's gonna go to another team. And the Charlotte Hornets, ladies and gentlemen, Charlotte Hornets. They're they're given the, I think, maybe the Kings are no longer the worst run organization in in the NBA. It's probably a Charlotte Hornets. They're they're doing they're they're trying their hardest to take away that title from the Kings, and the Kings are 
the, the Kings have made some some pretty nice moves. <laughs> Jesus, that that's a bad contract. And talking about head scratching moves, the Pistons they they look at Houston and said, "Ha, well we're gonna counter that with with our five center lineup. You guys have no centers. We're gonna have five centers on the floor at the same time, always." And with Blake Griffin, well, Forrester and Blake Griffin running the point guard spot. So yeah, they're they that in order for it to make a little bit of sense. First, they signed Mason Plumlee for three years and twenty five million, and not content with that, they signed Yolio Okafor to a deal, and later signed Jeremy Grant. Now Jeremy Grant is a very fine player. I think that's a huge loss for the Nuggets, by the way. In a crowd at Western Conference, to lose a player of Jeremy Grant's caliber, I think that's that's really bad for Denver because now we've got the Blazers on the come up and might the Blazers claim the three the three or the second seed because I think the Lakers are a step ahead of of everybody over in the the Western Conference but coming back to the Pistons they signed Jeremy Grant to to 20 million a year I think it was three years three years 60 so 20 million a year I think that's a little steep for my liking, but hey, I'm just here to see the five big man lineup because that's gonna be something to see. If 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 James Harden and Russell Westbrook end up staying with Houston, I just want to see a game against the Pistons where they where the Rockets run their no center lineup. Although they have Christian Wood now, which by the way was a really good signing for them. By the way, that's a really bad bad move by the Pistons and trying not to keep Christian Wood. I would, I really would have liked Christian Wood on a Heat jersey, but he wanted. He, I think he would have eaten into a 2021 cap space, and we do not want that. The Lakers are looking like the are really big winners in free agency. Not after acquiring Dennis Schroeder last week via trade, Rob Pelinka did not stop there. He replaced Danny Green with Wesley Matthews for a fraction of the cost. 3.6 million, I think it was. A shooter and a hard-nosed defender. Another big loss for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the Lakers pulled off the most stunning move of free agency so far. Montrez Harrell signs with the Los Angeles Lakers for two years. The man basically just went across the hallway. And he went to the, to the LA franchise. I'm not saying this because I cover the Lakers. It's, it's a fact. The Lakers are the the LA franchise. The Clippers will always be second fiddle. But listen, the Lakers are hip, having a really good offseason. I think they should they should still try really hard to bring back KCP at least because KCP was really good was a huge part of their success. Either be a sign and trade or get Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich, which they're being heavily linked to, or just bring him back outright. They have the they have his bird rights, but they're they have some cap issues right now, and I think they'll solve them. The Hawks are seemingly pushing for the playoffs, and they're looking in pretty good shape to do so. They signed Chris Dunn and Danilo Gallinari, who were two Miami Heat targets, by the way, who I mentioned in a previous pod. I really the Chris Dunn one particularly hurt a lot after after seeing. After reading some on Chris Dunn's, watching some some oh, some video and 
watching some and seeing some stats, I really wanted Chris Dunn on our team because he plays excellent defense, nearly all 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 defensive team caliber defense. And to add him to our backcourt, he struggles with offense, but his defense could have been such a huge boost for us. Avery Bradley's a fine player, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I really wanted Chris Dunn here in Miami, and he fits a culture, really. Heat culture. I love seeing heat culture. And, well, Gallinari, I thought he said he wanted to win, but, well, I think the Hawks threw a, threw a lot of money at him, and when when the team brings a brink truck to your house, you can't say no. The Hawks are looking in pretty good shape to at least make some rumblings in the playoffs or in the playing tournament. I have them at the sit from the six to nine seed range. I think that's a, I think that's a nice, a nice, a nice projection for them. I don't think they'll go too far. I don't like how Trey Young plays. We have to see how they things play out with John Collins. I just wanted to remember people, remind people they they have Clint Capella, Donella Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter. And and John Collins, excuse me. LL, and by the way, I almost forgot. They signed Roshan Rondo. I think that's a good move. They it'll do. Maybe they sign him more for Trey Young to pick his brain and to learn a bit from a two-time champion. Good move for them, and nice payday for Rondo. Who gets to go to Atlanta and maybe make the playoffs and and show a little bit more playoff Rondo. I think. Maybe unless maybe the last we saw playoff Rondo was last uh, last season, and finally the Bucks. They added Drew Holiday via trade, and there was a lot of excitement. But the excitement over that move seems to have dissipated after the Bogdan Bogdanovich fiasco, because Walsh reported that the Bucks added Bogdan and Drew Holiday the same day, and that seemed huge for Milwaukee because. I, I think I tweeted out, I said, well, the Bucks, if they do this and they give all of those assets for those two guys, I think they must have some sort of commitment from Giannis to sign the Supermax, Supermax extension. But alas, alas, he didn't, the the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation turned into a fiasco. The league is investigating the Milwaukee Bucks for tampering. We all know the NBA, the big bad NBA, taking, taking good steps to to ensure that there's no tampering going on. We all know that there's no tampering in the NBA and the Bucks broke a really, really sacred rule. So we should punish them for that. Sarcasm, by the way. Anyway, the Bucks signed Bobby Portis and kept Pat Connaughton. They lost Robin Lopez to the Wizards. I, I'll have to ask Devin how he th- what he thinks about those moves. I don't like them that much. Now Milwaukee enters... A pressure-filled season with even more pressure as both Giannis and Drew can become free agents next summer. And the Bucks, if listen, if, the, if both of those guys end up leaving, the Bucks are looking at the darkest timeline. They give up a lot of picks for Drew Holiday. They give up Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, which is fine. But the picks, man, the picks, picks could really come back and bite them in the butt. I think we're in for a very, very, very interesting season. And this season cannot get here soon enough. I'm, I'm ju- I just, I just want the, the start of the season to get here, and soon enough we'll do a, a season preview 
an overall season preview for the Miami Heat and the league in general. So anyway, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter at 305CulturePod. Subscribe and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, please. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and follow the NBA offseason, which is really crazy. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.